Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Johnny Smith. I'm Richard Porter. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. I realised uh, the other day that, you know, foreign athletes or professional racing drivers, yeah. they all have a specific way of talking, and um, <laughs> yes. don't they? And I thought, mm. if you were to just ask them how their journey to the supermarket went or how their breakfast went this morning. I think yeah. it would start in one of two ways. And it would, <laughs> I think it would start with, it would, the, the opening gambit has to be either, for sure I push, yeah. followed by the, the other words, or it would be, of course, for me. Yes. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I would say for sure is more likely. Mm. So... You'd go, oh, Enrico, how was your breakfast? <sighs> For sure, you know, the Rice Krispies there in the cupboard. Uh, <laughs> uh, which was, you know, for sure... S- <laughs> Pretty complex for me. Uh, <laughs> for me, for yeah, sure. it's obviously the for milk, me. The milk, uh, you know, the guys had worked really hard to put that in the fridge. So, you know, for sure it was pretty cold, but we work with that. <laughs> and we get stronger and we build. <laughs> yes, we build. And, uh, you know, really excited. Looking forward looking forward to uh, to eating, eating the, the milk and the Rice Krispies, hopefully together. For sure, it's going to be difficult, but uh, for me, this is the goal. Yeah, we push. As, as we push. <laughs> we push. <laughs> Always we push. <laughs> or does that come afterwards? That comes after its maximum. Also, they do sometimes. <laughs> you go, Enrico. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which is actually, have you? I don't know if you've noticed this. Uh, in the US and I feel like it's it's a relatively recent thing as in it's a sort of generational thing yeah that you know in sort of say in a a cafe or a restaurant and you'll say thank you and there's a a, a, traditionally a lot of American serving people will say you're welcome Um, yes but then there's a point at which they get tired of saying that and you'll say thank you and they'll go sure and it sounds quite rude, and it's not. It's not meant yes, to be rude. Yes, it's a clipped shaw. Yeah, it's just a bit, sure. Yeah. Is sure the right word? In that? Anyway, never mind. Um, so, <laughs> where are you? I'm sorry, I, I can't remember. How have we arrived at this? It was, I just was thinking this morning, um, as I went for a run, I just thought, it, it, it's how professional athletes from foreign countries um, always start every Every single sentence, whether it's how your journey mm. to work went this morning, how breakfast went, and it's either for sure I push or, of course, for me. And I don't yes. think there's much else. There's, I don't know if there's many other choices <laughs> unless I'm missing something. Um, yeah, that was it, really. Um, do you know, so this week I've 
This week I've been in um, in France uh, for a couple of days off of mm. uh, Paris um, for two exciting um, unveils, actually. Mm. Now, one of them, I'm going I'm to say, one of them's the, the new Renault 5, which I'm not allowed to talk <gasps> about. I'm not allowed to talk yes. about it. But they had a couple of classic Renault 5s in the auditorium kind of area where we were allowed to do filming and such. There was a couple of um, 70s ones in lovely Ooh. 70s colours, like kind of chartreuse green and yellowy. And um, and then there was a turbo, a mid-engine turbo in, in that lovely oh. red. It's a specific red. It's almost an orangey red, I think. Mm. Um, and it was glorious. With those polished, almost turbo, turbo vec alloys, staggered alloys, with the with the body colouring in between the spokes. Yeah. Oh, honestly, mm. I, I I drooled over this car for some time, and the interior is one of those interiors. I, I think it might be the best interior of the eighties of a, of a production car. I, I think it's up there because it has the bright blue carpets with the bright red moquette seats and those seats are a specific shape with with the blue tram lines in it and then the asymmetric steering wheel i mean it all just is bonkers brilliant but so i thought i was allowed to i said the cars were all unlocked i said is it okay for me to open a door and take some pictures and maybe do an instagram story open the door for the the turbo nearly fell over the smell of fuel was so high i honestly it was like it's like i'd open the door and and carl weathers had dived out and punched me square in the face and it <laughs> fell straight it was so overpowering it was amazing and i just thought to myself if this had been the 80s and i don't know jean claude had gone to work um maximum attack and then got out for a fag and then opened the door and got back in to i don't know carry on his journey or fuel up the car would have just mo- mushroom bomb exploded it would it was so <laughs> so fuely it was amazing were you able to ask the Renault people if this was normal i didn't dare i didn't dare at all um but i did wonder whether or not if i had it might start with of course for for me um <laughs> and, and so i, I wasn't <laughs> Or for sure, uh, we continue. Or, or is that, no, hang on. Is that foreign Pete Tom? For sure, we continue. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, we continue. We continue. For me. But you know, the, the, the reason why I'm telling you this is because there was a, you probably know about this geeky fact, but I, it had passed me by. In the days of the Renault 5, when it launched in 72, hmm. within a few years, one of the things on the options list was the gear lever location. What? Did you know this? No. You could option it with a 2CV, or Renault 4, should I say, style uh, hockey stick gear shifter coming out of the dash, or conventional going with the Times floor shifter. The choice was yours. Those were options. It wasn't just something they changed with a sort of model year update. Well, I asked this and I was told by somebody there because I was quite confused. And they said, Mm. no, it it depended on the trim level and stuff that you could keep it as the OG coming out of the dash, like the gun handle, upside down gun handle or or the floor shift. And they had two there next to one another. I was blown away. How many other cars can you do that? Was it? I wonder if so. The base models maybe kept the old umbrella handle because that sort of linked them to the Renault Four. But then to make the up models feel a bit more 
luxurious they mm. put the more modern floor shift i don't know I th- or I it might have that fact it might have been an engine change i wonder whether yes. the base model engine was the lowest power the you know the real boggo and then they went for a larger capacity unit which needed the floor shift because they designed it to go into some other yes. stuff ultimately that's a good point. And I'm, but I, so yeah, I don't. I, I, I'm assuming you couldn't just go. Oh, I'm buying a you know Renault Five TL, and I think I'll I'll go with floor shift. No, actually, no, no. I'll have the umbrella. I don't think it probably wasn't within. <laughs> like it wasn't an option in the same way that maybe a sunroof was an option. Well, but. I I've got I haven't had chance to investigate this because if we were professional on this podcast, I would have already <laughs> researched this before discussing it. But I haven't. I just went to sleep <laughs> last night and then woke up. <laughs> so, but I'd love to know because I just found that amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's so French and wonderful. Um, so these was cars, these these old fives, are they ones that Renault have had from new and they've just kept for best, or have they restored these to as part of the promo process for the new car? I think it's a combination because I think they've got quite a few. Um, mm. There was no second generation five on display. They were only the first oh. gens. Yeah, the ones with the oh. cartoony face, which I thought was a surprise. I think that second generation five, particularly in its original form, is a really neat car. Like, yeah, I, you know, because it recognisably looks like its its predecessor. Yeah, but it's moved but the it's game on of, enough. Yeah, much more modern, and I think it's really stood the test of time. Yeah, and um, it's a strange thing that they wouldn't put one on display if they're. I agree. I don't know. And and, and when you see the final car, it seems even stranger. But um, yeah, all I can say is, is that, uh, yeah, the colours, the colour palette is is great on the old cars and pretty impressive on the new cars. And, um, and, and yeah, there was some, there there was some fairly good observational stuff going on as well. In fact, while I was there, I, I, I filmed, I was able to see and film a Dacia as well in a different studio oh. uh, the next day. Is, is this where you had your trouser disaster? Yes, I did. I was just about to come on to that. Yes, I. I uh, if anyone was sat opposite me on the Eurostar coming back yesterday afternoon, <laughs> I'm, I'm so apologetic if you were to see, I don't know, what looked like a skin-coloured walnut or a, I don't know, <laughs> bit of brain hanging out. No, seriously, I did wear underwear. But um, yeah, I split my I split my trousers in the crotch, getting trousers, getting it into the new Dacia Spring. Um, <laughs> so I'm not allowed, again. I'm not allowed to talk about that because it's under embargo. But we know it's the first time How it's going it? to be. Yeah, but we know it's going to be available um, in the UK for the first time, right hand drive, and, ah. it, and it is mm. a. Uh, it's probably the cheapest electric car. I would say it's probably going to be the cheapest electric car you can buy new. Um, Do you and there's know the price, and are you allowed to? Say I'm it? not allowed. I'm not allowed. Uh, <laughs> okay. Boo, rah, boo. But um, I mentioned the, the crotch split in the spring because the back seat space is not great. I had to sort of push. Oh, the, this is what d- caused the trousers. I had to wedge myself in, and as I did it, we were on camera as well. I properly split it. <laughs> And mentioned it on Twitter, and a, and a chap called Bertie Redfern uh, on Twitter replied back saying BBC Spring Crotch, which I thought was oh, probably yeah. the best caption. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he wins. He wins the comments today. He, yeah, to- he totally wins. 
But you know what? Um, I, I spoke to the designer of Dacia, who's who's a really cool guy called David, and he um, he's French chap, but he really likes um, British uh, motorcycles and and cars, and and obviously really mm. embraces utilitarian design, which is obviously mm. Dacia's kind of calling card, really. And he was ta- mm. talking me around the spring. One thing I would say about the spring is uh, it's. It's not available with alloy wheels, which I absolutely love. You cannot buy it with alloys. It's only available with hubcaps on the steels. And three designs of hubcaps, 14-inch rims or 15-inch rims. I mean, this is 2024, remember, Richard, but this is glorious. And I I thought all the hubcaps were okay, but I said to him, just in conversation after he'd done the presentation, I said... Would it be possible to take the hubcaps off and just look at it without the hubcaps because they were black steels? Mm. And he went, "Yeah, yeah, for sure." He actually said, "For sure." And he took, <laughs> for sure, and, and, for and he, he he sprung into action. Excuse the pun. And we, him yes. and another technician, took the took the hubcaps off so I could like record an Instagram story of it, what it looked like on black steels in this kind of beige yeah. color that was quite utility UN spec. And then walk round to the other side to show what it looked like with the hubcaps. And I think the black bear steels, it's it's a Dacia look. It's a great Dacia yeah. look. It's a strong Dacia look. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, can't um but the other thing is is while we were while we were at the Dacia um sort of studio, upstairs was an area where you could have refreshments, coffee and mm-hmm. little cakes and things. And when they brought lunch out all of the plates of food were labelled apart from <laughs> apart from a sort of meaty dish on a big platter, but there was no mm. there was absolutely no um signage next to it. And because of our recent uh U two chats about um police convertibles, someone mm. someone behind me who's a friend of the um who's a who's a friend <laughs> Is a friend of the podcast said, um, "Oh look, where the meat has no name," and uh, <laughs> and I thought it's we suddenly <laughs> got really good. it's really good. Uh, it suddenly we became a U two buffet conundrum, and I started singing, <laughs> "I want to run, I want to hide," and then we decided that it was Bono who had a no no name meat buffet, and then suddenly being caught short after possibly some room temperature seafood, and yes. then <laughs> so it's I've got the runs, I want to hide. Yeah, he's <laughs> she's running from door to door, just trying all of the handles to see if there's a pan in there. <laughs> So you can quickly, <laughs> quickly get rid. I just because I, I couldn't remember. The, the, so the 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 spring, yeah, the Deja Spring is on sale in France now. Yeah, this is its third iteration. Actually, it came out in twenty twenty one in everywhere apart from the UK, it seems, and mm. then it got facelifted only about a year later to the shape that we've sort of been seeing around with the uh, f- the more Dacia DNA f- wide banded front. But the um, and then they've they've done a facelift and a mild tech lift again for this one that we get in right hand drive. But it's um, it still has the guts of that uh, Chinese car, which is based on, which is I think is called a quid Chinese car. Yeah, it uses the underpinnings because I always thought it would use underpinnings of like a Zoe. But the Zoe is because I couldn't understand this. And they said, well, because the Zoe was a standalone platform that's now quite old and we can't mm. share it with anything else. So therefore, they've, I think they've decided to just lay it to rest. I thought the quid uh, was 
uh, Renault, but Renault wasn't it in made in India? Am I imagining that? Oh, it originally developed for the for the Indian market. I know it was I, a Asian mass market, so it could be Chinese and Indian. Well, I guess, and they yeah. and it was a piston car originally. Someone told me, but. Hmm. So it's a complicated. Um, it's, it's a it's a real hybrid of a thing. Interesting. I, yeah. I wonder what it'll be like to drive. Oh, no, I just looked on. though in France. You can have a spring for uh, the the base model. The essential is yes. eighteen thousand four hundred euros. So that it weighs about fifteen and a half grand here. Yes. Hold that um, thought. Okay. <laughs> you see, I've said that. You've not said that. I've said that. So we're not giving anything away. Or two hundred and one pounds. Sorry, two hundred one euros a mois. Yeah. It says here. So. Um, but do you know what the do you know what the cool thing about about the cool the, the, well I think in terms of car porn the great thing about the Dacia mm. Spring is is obviously it's a budget fully electric car which some people listening won't be interested in but it's it's the it's an it's an electric car that weighs under a ton and it's a it's a four seat ah. little family thing it's not a sports car or yeah. anything like that it weighs under a ton is it very wee in person is it is it sort of it is a small thing. Yeah, not easy to get into the back of, should we say, Richard? Uh, what oh, yes, with, of course, even though it's a five-door. Yeah, yeah, my chinos yeah, yeah. didn't survive that. They're in a crumpled <laughs> oh, heap on the floor. Chino. <laughs> um, I just yeah. wanted to say there's a message from a listener, Rampant Twattery. He's written to us before. I've seen it's a he. <laughs> in fact, it is a he because he's put at the bottom, he's signed it, R Twattery, brackets mister. Um, he's just pointing out, he picked up on your your mention of the lose on the Eurotunnel trains being train spotting spec. Oh, awful. Um, awful. He, but he's pointed out the Eurotunnel have rebranded branded themselves to Les Shuttle. Which written down looks like Les Shuttle, which is a man who keeps pigeons somewhere near Doncaster. But Les Shuttle, <laughs> oh, hey, mate, Les Shuttle at your service. It's just a, it's just a, a really sort of like rubbish coach tour company that's based up, yes. up, up, up north somewhere, isn't it? Where are you going today? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. How much fuel have you got on board? Oh. Les Shuttle is Les's shuttles, but they can't figure out where to put the apostrophe. Oh yes, is there one before and after the S? Just to really fl- yeah, yes, <laughs> really to confuse people. <laughs> Les like says the S shuttle, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Oi, Les, serving the greater Halifax area. Um, That's great, and it's actually a converted mobile library from a, a Renault Espace, isn't it? <laughs> a Renault, no, not an Espace. <laughs> What's the the traffic? It's one F traffic. School chairs grouped on the floor. <laughs> yeah, it's probably that. Lovely, mate. Um, so uh, you you had a flying visit to France, but you didn't get to drive either of these cars that you also can't talk about. Tragically these not. Lookabouts. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I was spotting uh, through the streets of Paris uh, if I could see any interesting uh, French cars. I saw a couple of espaces of different. I do miss the espace, you know. And I know we talked about MPVs the other week. I'm, I'm definitely compiling my list of. MPVs on sale now that nobody seems to take any notice of that should have probably some notice taken of them. Mm. Um, so I think that's that's going to happen. But yeah, the um, and I went there on on the train, so because mm. I couldn't be bothered to to fly, frankly. So no, fair so, enough. I yeah, if you need to get to Paris, I don't know why you wouldn't take the train. Well, I mean, obviously you've got to get to London first or Kent, but you get apart from that, yeah. it's it's nice the train, isn't I, it? It is. It is actually. It was really good. Um, I like the train noises. Uh, the I like the rail, the French railway station alert 
jingles. They're, they're very good. Yes. Um, they're much more interesting than ours. They're just upbeat. Is there, yeah, is there one that goes bing bong, bing bong? Yes. Do, do. It's lovely. <laughs> like it. But do you know what? I, 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 um, I have to bring the conversation back around to coach trips because my daughter went on a, a, a coach. She went on a, a school trip last week or the week before last, was it? Um, a field trip to the Somme in France. Oh, and yeah. I knew she was going to find it quite moving and quite enjoyable. Really, she's enjoying history at the moment. But, oh, my mm. boy, did I not expect for her to come back with the, the, the best of the best coach stories. So here we go. She gets the coach from school. Obviously, they go down to the tunnel. She, I track her on my phone. All is good. A few days later on the way back, goes to the tunnel. Comes out to the tunnel and then goes to sort of around Kent and then stops and then just seems to be stopped for ages. Mm. I'm busy with work, I didn't think much of it. But anyway, she was late home that night. Turns out the coach broke down mm. and uh, a lot of people had to get taxis home or jump onto another bus that was nearby that was smaller. Oh. Do you know how the coach broke down? Let me tell you. <laughs> I've never, imagine. I have never known this. I've, I mean, it reminded me of my school years of going to going to school on on lovely ropey old coaches that we used to marvel at. Yes, right. Yeah. So she said that she said the coach driver was dad. The coach driver was absolutely massive. She said he had to stop almost every half hour for a wee, but he would, oh, he would so he would pull over and in front of everybody just walk to the back of the bus where there was a toilet go into the toilet oh. and then walk all the way back to the front again and then carry on driving like oh that's like a walk of shame um yeah. so besides that then then when we got to the services she said on um, on the way back everyone got off and got food and toilet whatever including the bus driver the coach driver when they, when everyone got back on the coach driver was the last one on and he was so enormous, he shimmied round the steering column to get into mm. the driver's seat and snapped the key off in the ignition of the coach. With, Bloody hell. With his actual body. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. When she told me, I could not believe what I was listening to. I said, hang on, the coach broke down because the driver snapped the key off with his tummy in the ignition. And she said, yes, that's what happened. I went, oh, my goodness. Has that ever happened before? That's extraordinary. I mean, there's a number of things that are extraordinary about that. Like, was it a weak key or did he have a very powerful torso? There's, that, there's so many. exert that much pressure without him noticing that? But can you imagine? That's nuts. Can you imagine the embarrassment? You've got a coach of 50-odd teenage school kids. Yeah. And you basically sabotage God. the coach with your own belly. You have to go, all right, sorry, everyone, the coach has broken down. Oh, what's gone wrong with it? Um, <laughs> engine, engine is broken. I down. said this to her. I said, did everybody did everybody know the cause of it immediately? She said, no. There was some, like, there was sort of a quick assembly of teachers and there was some hushed talking around the driver. Mm. I think it, that it was it was quickly decided that the, the, the coach was going nowhere with the key clean off in the ignition. So I'm like, oh, shit. It really tickled That's, me. It really tickled how, me. Because in my head, I'm sort of thinking that coaches, do you think even modern coaches still... Well, first of all, it's interesting to discover that they haven't moved to button start. There's no, no. keyless 
Do you know what? Oh, Maybe coach. this should it should have been, shouldn't it? He could have put well, it in his breast pocket, like all coach drivers yeah. put things in. Yeah, you've got to have something in your breast pocket if you coach driver. Um, the but then also, I'm so I'm imagining a coach is still started. You know, we were talking the other week about cars that have like basically a sort of shed padlock key. Yeah, it doesn't sort of feel big or dramatic enough for what it's capable of doing. That's right. Yeah, starting at engine. Yeah, and I wonder if coaches are like that. I wonder if it was some absolutely shitty little key, and it just it just got pinged. The end got pinged off it. I don't know. That's it of, could be, couldn't it? I'd, I'd I'd like to know more. Strangely about well, uh, this. Also, what a fix! They're going to have to, I presume, just you know, drill out or replace the whole ignition barrel, aren't they? And that's a bit of a faffy thing to have to do on a yeah. otherwise perfectly working coach. You can use dentist tools and a strong magnet. That's what my dad did once. With uh, uh, he snapped the key off because it got weak, and he kept using it. He snapped it off in the Avenger once and, um, and used some dentistry type tools and a very strong magnet. It took an exceptionally long time. I'm pretty sure it took him mm. a whole day, but my dad's quite persistent, so he did. <laughs> and uh, that that worked. In fact, I might still have that snapped key somewhere, like a com- complete... <laughs> I don't know why I've got it. Why have you got a snapped key? I found that because it was the original Avenger key, which had the Chrysler... It had a really nice Chrysler um, blue handle on the key. It was a nice key. Oh, um, oh, and it, yeah, no. it, it was a Chrysler, yeah. and it's it seated approximately I don't know six, I would say at a push. Um, yeah, no rear seat belts, so you can no rear seat belts, so good enough for the love shack. It seats six to eight. Yes, if it's nineteen seventy four. Yeah. Uh, well, that's wow. So, what a weird thing to happen. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought. I was giggling for a long time. I thought I'd want to share that on the podcast because um, nobody got hurt. I don't think, although. I should think the coach driver's rethinking his life a little bit. Um, Do you think coaches break down a lot, though? Because I feel like we used to get a coach to school, like as in there was a company that ran a coach service, like a a private bus service, basically, you know, because the the actual buses didn't serve. Same for us. Same for us. Directly. Yeah. And I remember there was this one guy called Martin who was the coach driver for a while. He had incredibly bad teeth that may have been related to his furious appetite for cigarettes. <laughs> and he was stick thin, yeah. which again may be related to his furious appetite for cigarettes in place of food. And he had this coach which it, it was really sort of noticeably noisy. Oh, yeah. Like the engine sounded really gruff. And I remember like, we asked him about it once because we're kind of fascinated yeah and he went oh yeah got the and he told us that this that it had an engine replacement and the new engine was out of some truck or other and it was way more powerful <laughs> and he used to drive it really aggressively as well like he was a keen fan of using all the revs in an enormous diesel engine and then one day the, the coach was audibly not well and suddenly steam started coming up through one of the access panels on the floor oh yeah yeah michael you and he had to pull over it sounds like my upbringing rich it's really similar it's weird isn't it but that's, yeah. I, that was one time i remember the coach breaking down which may have been because martin had authorized the fitment of an inappropriate engine and then drove it like a nutter but i do remember the school coach driving breaking down more than that there yeah. was once where it broke down we had to pull into the car park of a hotel <laughs> and uh and then just sort of stood there for a bit <laughs> until and then like people started going into the hotel and using the payphone to ring their parents and stuff because it was too far to walk home 
at that point because we were in Hanforth. I wonder if any listeners have got anecdotes of school, ropey school coaches or buses or or even maybe taxis. But our our coach company was obviously got the contract and they had a selection of pretty bad coaches. I've actually discovered that one of the most, yeah, one of the coach drivers was the co-owner of the company. They were brothers, the Harding mm. brothers, I think, and um, Rodney. And Rodney apparently used to, he was the mechanic as well, so he used to frequently turn up on the, on the bus run with hands totally covered in oil and grease. Yeah, because he just obviously hurriedly finished assembling one of these coaches to get yeah. to do the school run. But but it turns out that he died under a coach. It 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 fell off. Oh, it, it fell off a jack or something and crushed him to death. Bloody which hell! Is, yeah, which is pretty pretty sad. Um, horrible way to go. Yeah. But they ran a lot of sixties and seventies coaches, and one of them was so sixties we used to call it the Heidi High Bus because it it did like forty five miles an hour, but it had amazing skylight windows. Um, oh yeah, and a couple of them went on fire with children on board uh, on the way back from school once. And the, the, but the best one was those inspection panels you were talking about. I might have mm. said this year on another on another podcast episode years ago. But uh, when the when the truck when the when the coach was at Vmax on the bypass part of the school journey, one mm. of the inspection panels hadn't been um, hadn't been locked down properly, and the wind mm. going under the bus pushed the panel up it started levitating oh and it levitated about i don't know six inches off the floor until you it was a deafening noise because you could hear road engine gearbox and the kids next to it looked down and you could just see like the whole differential of the bus just like there and 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 the girls started screaming and i think what the (laughs) ghost driver said it's all right just don't touch it it's all right just don't (laughs) proper casual It's brilliant. I think our the coach oh. company. The, <laughs> I wonder anyone else who grew up in in my sort of neck of the woods up in Cheshire and South Manchester remembers this. There's this bloke called Ray Maddox, who he used to come around and sort of keep an eye on the coaches. So he didn't drive one. He he wore. A, he looked a bit like a scrap metal dealer. He always wore a leather jacket. Uh, oh gosh! And he had yeah. a beard. And he was just a bit, there was something a bit woo and a bit way about him. And <laughs> Ray Maddox. And he gradually, he started off, I think, when I started at big school, ours was the only coach route that he had. And it just, it just sort of mopped up children from the greater kind of Wilmslow area. And it was a really old 60s coach with two front wheels, like two sets of front wheels. Um, I can't remember what they're called. Was it a Bedford or something? But anyway, oh. probably, it's probably the coach builder that's the important part. Yeah, it had um, so it had four steering wheels. Yes, yeah, yeah, real novelty, but interesting at the time. If you were, you know, I wasn't a thingy, set. not a Leyland octopus or whatever they called it. Was it? Or I don't a, think it was a Leyland. No, I can't right, remember. Okay. Now, but people will write in and tell us. I'm sure. But um, but then he expanded his empire, and suddenly he seemed to have like loads of coaches doing all sorts and. Uh, he was based in Macclesfield, so he called it Macclesfield Executive Coach Company Association or something. <laughs> and Mecca for short. Me- Mecca? Anyway, I don't think you'd do that now. I think you'd go, that might land me in some hot water. 
I'll probably steer clear of calling my company Mecca because it's an acronym for Macclesfield Executive Coach, whatever it was. But yeah, I remember this. It's just he was, that's it. He'd be like, "Oh, Ray, Ray Maddox of Mecca." Mm, are you sure, Ray? It's the, the leather jacket um, rings a bell, and also some some very oily deck shoes. We used to see oily deck yeah. shoes as well, which my brother <laughs> used to find. Yeah. One of them was called. Ken. And you know that his office is a porter cabin. Oh yeah. Yeah, my my brother would always sit. See, I would always go towards the back of the coach. My brother would mm. always sit at the front of the coach because my brother, having this mechanical obsession from an early age, used to want to watch the gear shifting, and he used to talk over the shoulder of the bus driver. And his favourite one to chat to was Ken. There was one called Ken mm. who he said his top button on his shirt was so tight that his um, his neck rippled over the shirt top. Yeah, like a sort of overfilled pint of of of, yes. of frothy beer, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and one of his coaches had a pre-selected gearbox, which my brother was just he wouldn't. My brother would not stop talking about it. Greg was like, "Have you seen the pre-selector on it? It's amazing. You just <laughs> you like select the gear and then." Like it puts it in gear like a couple of seconds later. And at the time, I was like, "Greg, I, I don't understand why that would be good, bad, ugly. Mm. I just don't have any idea." But it was a tiny little plinth with like a little nubbin on the top. It didn't look like a proper mm. gear stick. And then you had. Pa- I'm sorry, but I'm just. This is alarming that your brother would break the. I thought cast iron convention that where you sit on the coach is related to what year you're in at school. Oh no, no. What did you not have that? Mm-mm. You definitely, because you didn't get to go on the back seat until you were in sixth form on, on our coach. Was that a written rule, or was that just like... No, it was just... It was, was prison hierarchy. Yes, everybody knew it. And if, if sometimes a cheeky kid from sort of, you know, whatever, because like, you know, second-year seniors, as it was called back then, decided to chance their luck and go and sit near the back, then the sixth formers would probably kick his head in. Yeah, there was. I mean, sometimes there was a bit of like, get out the seat, that's ours. But it wasn't. There was nothing written. It wasn't official. It was you just. No, this this, but this wasn't official. This was just you know. This is one of those things that everybody knows, and yet nobody knows where it's come from. But yeah, it was very much the way you sat on the coach was sort of broadly defined by what year you were in. Just you just sort of naturally fell into that, and you slowly moved towards the back of the coach as you. It's a migration. My my Mm. brother. My brother put pre-selected gearboxes ahead of socialising on buses. Interesting. He's, yeah, he's that guy. I could see that. Yeah, he's that guy. Yeah. There was a coach driver that we had for school, after Gaptooth Martin, there was a guy <laughs> What was he called, Gaptooth Martin? No, he wasn't, he wasn't just Gaptooth. It was like all his teeth were too spaced out because maybe some of them had fallen out and they were all very, very dirty. It looked like he'd been servicing the coach with his teeth. <laughs> so I think it was just the tabs. Anyway, Martin moved on somewhere else. There's this guy called Tony, and a big chap. Again, possibly he'd have a sort of a bit of, you know. But he'd gone to the Shane McGowan School of Dentistry. It was very Shane McGowan. Very Shane McGowan. He had reactor like glasses as well, as as I think a lot of coach drivers did around then. I can't stand Um, those. Can I say that? No, quite a look. Yeah, awful. Anyway, Tony, bigger chap, had. Two things about Tony. <laughs> a much more sedate driver, which was reassuring. But he had a <laughs> he had a pet bird of prey that sometimes he brought on the coach. <laughs> and he once passed around a pirated video of Dead Poet Society. 
and let people take it home. You are you're you're pissing on me. He he used to bring no. a bird of prey to work on his coach. Yeah. Can you imagine the driver's seat on a sort of seventies coach? Then it's got a just a chrome rail that kind of fences off the driving <laughs> yeah. area, yes. and the bird of prey would just sit on that. No way. So as you got on, there'd be this, I don't know what it was, a kestrel or something, but as you got on, you'd be coming up the steps and you'd look up and there'd be this fucking bird of prey eyeballing you from up by the driving seat. That is amazing. That is amazing. Uh, But yeah, he also, he had a, a, this wasn't a regular thing, but for some reason he got hold of a a dodgy copy of Dead Poet Society and he'd said to one of my mates, when we were sort of in like fourth or fifth year, have you seen Dead Poet Society? No. Do you want to watch it? And he gave him this, this cassette and then it was sort of passed around and then finally returned to Tony. But... I knew it was hooky because it had burnt-in time code on it, which, you know, you don't get from Blockbuster. So I don't know where he got it from, but it was, it was hooky. Uh, what, what a character. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We just think things you wouldn't do, I suppose, now. You, you wouldn't bring a bird of prey on a bus full of children. It's probably best not to in case someone gets their eyes pecked out. And you probably wouldn't hand around... Well, you wouldn't hand around a VHS cassette because no one would have the means to play it. it? But you know what I mean? Sort of, it, it feels like there was that was a sort of a level of interaction with the children that did the possibly bird of, would be frowned upon. Did the did any of your drivers used to smoke with uh, the children on board? I have a feeling that I that think one Shane of ours McGowan did. faced Martin did. Yeah, yeah, because you had the big slider window, didn't you? You had a huge slider yes. window. Yeah, yeah. And there was, and did they put the radio on for you? Because uh, most of our drivers would put the radio on, and it was sort of they were quite flexible about what radio station. Um, yeah, this. Funnily enough, I was thinking about school coaches in this last week because of the sad passing of Steve Wright. Yeah, and I suddenly realised that. He was a total fixture of, essentially, of British life, really, wasn't he? Right back to the 80s, because yeah. that's what we always had Radio 1 on the school coach. So I first heard Steve Wright when I was seven or eight, getting the coach home from school. And at the time, that kind of zoo radio format with other people in the studio was such a massive novelty. Yeah. And the fact that he was doing sketches, you know, he had Phil Cornwall doing Mick Jagger and stuff, didn't he? And Ooh. There was nothing like it that you'd ever heard. You know, the breakfast show at that point was... Who would that have been? Mike Smith, maybe, at that point? It was done pretty straight. Yeah, Do Mayo. A chat, play a few records. Yeah. And then on the way home, it was like this sort of mind-boggling explosion of sound and textures and things, and I had not heard the like of it before. And I sort of thought, actually... He just sort of assumed Steve Wright was always there doing something like that. And I just, the 
Sunday before he died, I happened to be in the car, I heard him on Sunday Love Songs, and he's sort of, he's just there, isn't he? And then suddenly he was gone. It was quite, it's actually quite taken aback by I it. I think his work ethic was obviously up there. But also, if if you're um, if you're listening to this and you're not not British, Steve Wright might not be a very well known name. But he was he was a DJ that was a DJ for what fifty years? I'm going to say fifty years. I guess so, yeah. Because he did. Uh, was he on Radio Carolina? That blimmin' ship, pirate yeah, radio. Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of that Radio One lot from from back back in the day. Back in the day, X Radio Carolina, yeah. So I mean, he's he he certainly remodelled the um, the way radio is and influenced a lot of the big names you have now, like Chris Evans and his kind of madcap approach to radio. Without without yeah, Steve, no, I thought he just he sort of brought brought a new level of production values, which I know that he sort of always was such a radio nerd, as I think all the best DJs are. Yeah. You know, uh, like Greg James is a massive radio nerd, isn't he? He is. It's, it's no surprise that. He puts a lot of effort into his show because he knows that radio is is a unique format for certain things that you can that you can do. But and, and but yeah, I think Steve Wright sort of he, he unashamedly used to he go to apparently used to go to the US and he would just like sit in a hotel room and just record the good bits off like radio stations in New York for inspiration. Really, and then he sort of brought yeah he used to, he's an absolute nerd about the stuff, and then he would he would come back and try new things on his show. So um, yeah, that was I just I was just thinking about it because I was suddenly like oh, God that's it that's his it's a soundtrack to a lot of our lives. Radio One show just reminds me of being on the school coach in the eighties. He had a very high pitched voice as well, and with with excitement it used to go higher and higher and higher, very shrill at various points. <laughs> I always noticed You've got a shrill voice DJ, but um, yeah. So yeah, Steve Wright, you were uh, you had a hell of a body of work, let's say, and yeah, also um, a, a Range Rover enthusiast. I think he yes, was. the P thirty eight. Yes, I don't know whether he still had that, but yeah, famously the P thirty eight. Speaking of, in fact, he he also um, speaking of coach drivers smoking on the job. Yeah, I remember. I can't remember who told me this. Someone who'd been in his studio until such things were officially illegal. He was a big fan of having the tabs on the go in the studio. Okay, smoking, Apparently. smoking DJ. Well, I think a lot of them. I mean, they probably all did back in the. Back can, in the can you imagine the smell of the ceiling um, of those those DJ booths? Bloody hell! Yeah, better be. Rancid. Imagine if you 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 had to use the studio that had been used in that day by Steve Wright and. And Nightingale. Oh, God. Maybe Johnny Walker. I bet Johnny Walker liked a tab back in the day. Yeah, Whispering Bob uh, from the old Whistle Test, whatever he's called, Bob uh, Harris. Yeah. Yeah, I bet he liked a few, didn't he? Like a gruff, he'd have a gruff camel on the go, wouldn't he? Do you think? Or would he he have a pipe? He might have a pipe. Oh, he might go pipey. I imagine that the Radio 1 studios in the heyday of the sort of 70s and into the 80s, it's perpetually foggy. (laughs) <laughs> yes not good for passive smoking i would say um mm-hmm. to, to, and also you know what to, uh, there's another i've got weirdly this is totally unrelated really um that i i'd also written down another discussion point this week to do with a bus to do with a bus or a coach this is odd because we seems like we've organized this but we haven't so this is, this is, this is, what do they call them? PSVs, don't they? Public service vehicles. Yeah, PSVs. So let's talk about... PSV corner. Let's talk about the number of the beast, Richard. Let's talk about the number of the beast. 
Now, the number of the beast is 666, is it not? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Or is it? Because I've got a really boring book next to my bed called the QI Book of General Ignorance. And I've got to say, I thought it was going to be really interesting, but I'd say it's about 60% boring. However... Oh, really? Well, yeah, it, but it sends me to sleep, and that's good for me. Um, 666 has been the symbol of the dreaded Antichrist, right? However, however, it's the wrong number. According to this book, in 2005, a new translation of the earliest known copy of the Book of Revelation clearly shows it to be 616, not 666. What? The 1,700-year-old papyrus was rec- was recovered from the rubbish rubbish dumps of the city of Oxyrhynchus in Egypt. I've probably said that wrong. And deciphered by a paleographical research team from the University of Birmingham. And if the new number is correct, it will not amuse those who have just spent a, for- a small fortune avoiding the old one. And the reason why there's a coach connection here, because in America, the Highway of the Beast, Highway 666, was renamed 491. That's OK. But in Moscow, mm. off of Russia, the Moscow Transport Department may not be glad to know that in 1999... They picked a new number for the jinxed 666 city bus route. Guess what they renamed it? Is it 616? Yes, it is. <laughs> God damn. It really is. It's bus route 616 off of Moscow Transport. So, or Transport. I thought this was going to be like that story about the Porsche 911 was originally the 901 and then Peugeot went, oh no, we own all numbers with zero in the middle. Uh, what, so, so say BMW had a quick word with the devil and went, sorry, <laughs> you might want to do a very low-powered six series in the future so you can piss off. <laughs> no, they they actually said, actually, we, we'd like to do a big engine one, the 6.6-litre oh. six. So I'm afraid yes. you're going to have to, can you just rebrand the, <laughs> Satan? Is that OK? Can we just have a satanic rebrand? And uh, well, 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 you know, you've got to downsize now. So Satan could say, oh, look, I'm still really evil and all that. But I'm going smaller capacity, possibly forced induction, maybe, you know, compound turbo, something like that. But, uh, but so this I'm is a- because they have made a 6.6 litre V12 in the past. Um, so, well, there we go. So it's amazing that they never thought to cram it into the 6 series just so they could have the 666i. Can you imagine how many um, people would never buy that? <laughs> That'd be terrible. Well, but then that those those. That strange Jaguar that we've been sent pictures of quite a few times. It's all covered in sort of Satanist things and skulls. And oh, that. gosh. That, that would they'd be a shoo-in for a buyer from that person, people, whoever they are. Weird people. Here's one for you. Yeah. I just wondered, because it happened to me the other day, I have you ever taken the long way around in the car because you wanted to have a look at an interesting car or thing? Oh, shit, yes. Uh, probably on a monthly basis. Good. Yeah, because yeah, I, pees, I was, pees my kids off. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I, I was dropping my kids because uh, it was half term last week, and I was dropping my kids at a holiday club, and I had to turn, take a right turn into the road, but just beyond the junction I was turning into, I could see a Copart lorry oh, yeah. backed into an access road to a block of flats. And I was like, ooh, a Copart lorry. I wonder what it's picking up. Because I'm imagining there's something that's gone rotten and is being binned off. Yeah. And it probably wasn't something very interesting. 
but I just couldn't resist. I was like, I wonder, wonder what they're hauling away. So having dropped the kids, rather than just go back the way I came, I took a quite circuitous route so that I could loop round and come past the flats from the other direction, only to find the Copart track had gone and there was no sign of what it had hauled away. Oh, bollocks. And I was actually a little bit pissed off about it. I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, if only I'd been quicker, I could have seen, like, you know, some really mossy PT cruiser being dragged with a jammed handbrake onto the back of this lorry. But no. Uh, if you ever want to cruise around a yard like that, I've got, I'm quite friendly with Synetic. They've got some serious racks of glee um, going on there. If you ever fancy yourself up at that HQ in Doncaster, I'll treat, I'll treat you, I'll treat you to an afternoon out. Treat me. I'll treat you. We'll have a bag of chips and we'll walk around some racks of dead oh, cars. Oh man, I'd love that. Yeah, it, it's actually really good. Maybe um, after we've had the chips. We have a mug of tea, and you have to hold it with both hands to keep your hands warm. You'll have a mug of tea, but I might have a bottle of pop. <laughs> I thought you'd say a bottle of scotch. Have, yes, well, we could have. Yes, a... Wandering around a scrapyard, getting slowly shit faced yeah, on bells. I really enjoy that, and then we get picked yeah, up was... by Ray Maddox afterwards <laughs> in some kind of shit people carrier, Chrysler Voyager, <laughs> with a faux leather jacket on. Oh man, I'm so I'm really really hopeful that somebody writes in and remembers Ray Maddox and it wasn't just me. I've not been having some kind of strange fever dream. Um, I'm going to type in... I love um, the fact that you remembered all the antics of um, of the school coach saga. And I and it was a really big yeah. part of mine too. We, we had a... Oh, I remember one time, I won't go into it too much detail, but I remember one time that the rule was if it's snowing or really frosty, if the bus is more than half an hour late, you're permitted to go home and not come into school that day. So we used to hope and pray that, you know, the clock would strike half past, I don't know whatever time it was, half past eight, half past seven, and we could all just run. And one time the clock struck half past seven. Okay, and it had been snowing. It was quite snowy. So we were all ready to go on the Quantock Hills in our, um, with our sledges. We were all fired up to do it. Yeah. And, and just as we all started like cheering, we saw the coach come round the corner oh. and it was actually crossed up. I remember it now. It was like a, a scene from a rally stage. <laughs> the coach, it was, it, was, it was maroon and brown two-tone. It was a Plaxton's Paramount. And I remember it was being driven by a Northern Irish driver we used to have called, um, called Paddy, of course. And Paddy hmm. genuinely... No one could understand what he said. It was quite sad, really, because he was in the West Country and none of us could understand what he said. So Paddy came (laughs) flying down the road and we all made the decision within about two seconds of it coming out around that corner of run, just run. (laughs) Right. <laughs> we're in up we we haven't se- we haven't seen it it's half past we're going no. so so we ran code of silence we we ran but the coach was trying to chase us because obviously he'd probably gone through hell to get there on time and we were the first yes. pickup um but we just ran we ran and we hid um in a hedge and we spent the rest of that day I'm, I'll put my hand up and admit we spent the rest of that day doing some awesome sledging. I want to say a massive oh. thank you to um, to Stuart Hamilton, which is my friend Richard Hamilton's dad, who'd had a day mm. off that day. And he he's one of these people whose job was to demonstrate um, new farm implements to farmers. And he Ooh. had a brand new at the time Isuzu Trooper. Oh, first generation. Oh and he yes. said, tell you what, boys, 
I'll put it in four-wheel drive low and I'll drive you all the way to the top of the Quantox and you can spend the whole afternoon up there sledging. How's that? We were like, yeah. So, what a legend. So we did. We went up the most, the steepest, most dangerous hills to sledge down. I sledged so fast that, you know, when you can't see because your eyes are watering so hard, genuinely was going mm. that fast. Um and all because of Stuart Hamilton in the Isuzu Trooper uh, company car. So legends, legends, good memories. Good old Stuart. Sweet, sweet legend. Sweet, sweet memories. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Good. So much coach um, chat. Bloody hell. I know. A bit too much? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I met someone the other day, I was just talking to, someone introduced me to their sister who I'd not met before, and I was just having a small talk chat, and she said, oh, um, my, my sister tells me that uh, you have a podcast, and I said, yes, yes, I do, yeah, she said, what's it about, and mm. <laughs> I went, um, and I took a bit too long, and she went, well, she told me it was about cars, as if, like, I'd forgotten and she was having to prompt me, and I went, well, it's sort of about cars, but, um, Sort of. Then again, it's not. That's the thing. <laughs> I do that. It's really hard to say. And she went, oh, I'll have to give it a listen. And I was like... Mm. I, I always have to feed I, in afterwards because it always sounds very lacklustre when you describe it like that. I go, it's quite popular. It's become quite popular, strangely. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yes, we don't entirely like- know what it's about. <laughs> Sorry. No, Science has yet to discover that. But anyway, we, we keep hoping. Uh, we should probably start to move towards the exits on this one. No, um, don't do Thank that. you to everybody who's bought tickets to our Scottish live show uh, near Glasgow in uh, next week. Hang on, week after. 28th. 28th of February. Yeah. If not. And uh, there are, at the time we're speaking, there are still tickets, but not many I'm a little worried that by the time this goes out, they will, in fact, have gone. But uh, let's assume not. We'll put some more links out on the socials if there are still tickets available. But thank you to everybody who's bought them so far. Um, thank you to the man in the Kia Sportage, who uh, I let through a gap this week and who thanked me by doing finger pistols, which I thought was an interesting technique. Oh, brilliant. Um, I'd like to see more of that, <laughs> if possible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really amazing thing to see. I was like, I actually sort of, you know, you do a kind of your brain takes a moment to probe. Did he just did he finger did he pistol just do finger me? pistols from a Kia Sportage? That is amazing. Anyway, uh, right. Well, let's bring this into land. But uh, before we do, I uh, have three things to tell you. They are one. Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It's called the Ejaculate Milkshake Show, oh, uh, which he consumes enormous quantities of flavoured dairy drink until it has a peculiar effect on his bodily functions. If that's not to your taste, then there's uh, always the Late Break Show. Lots of interesting videos on there about cars and people who love them. What have we got this week? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, what have we got? Oh, I know what we've got. We've got, um, <clears throat> we've got a, another BMW barn find that's oh. um, 80s and... I will reveal. It is an E34 5 Series. It's called a Hertger or a Hertger H5. And I don't know. It's a a German tuner car um, that it's not, it wasn't buried under detritus or anything, but it had been owned by the same family for quite some time and it was in very, very good condition. So if you like your white pinstriped, um, Tuno 80s BMWs. It's probably one for you. And I brought along I a friend. I brought along a friend of mine who's a long time listener to this channel, um, Walter Krobock, who's a an authority oh. on German cars off of the 80s. 
and yeah. the 90s. Walter had a good afternoon with me, so I want to say thanks to Walter for coming along. Excellent. Um, and all that. I look forward to that. Yeah, and if you don't like yeah, that, there's plenty of other things to... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, second thing I have got to tell you is that, as you probably know, I have a book out recently called Boring Car Trivia 4. Lots of fascinating facts in there, or not so fascinating if you're not that interested, but please buy it anyway. It's on sale through Amazon as an ebook or a paperback, or you can buy the paperback through our merch shop, where you can also buy t shirts and stickers and mugs and our new hats as detailed in a song that's coming up in a minute. Um, Amazing. So uh, go there and do that. Um, the third thing I've got to tell you, uh, do you know uh, what the biggest island in the world is? The biggest island in the world is? It's not Australia, is mm. it? No, so the, I mean, this is a bit of a funny one, because yes, I suppose so, but Australia is counted as a continent in most circles, uh, though it is also an island. The biggest island in the world is Greenland. Oh, is it? Mm. Have you, you ever been? No, have you? No, I've never been to Greenland. No. I've been to Iceland, but not Greenland. Oh, have you? I'd love to go to Iceland. but I don't Iceland was cool. Not, not, I mean, temperature-wise, yes, but also really yes. interesting. Um, <laughs> yes. don't, don't want to do it disjustice. Um, yeah. Do, do you know what the ninth biggest island in the world is? Did you say the ninth? Yes. No. <laughs> it's a bit specific, but... No, I don't know what the ninth... I'll give you a clue. We're sitting on it now. Well, off of the UK? Britain is the ninth biggest island in the world. What? Which is surprising. You'd think there'd be more... We've got a quick list. We've got time to just rattle off the eighth, the seventh, the sixth, the fifth, the fourth, and the (laughs) third and the seventh. Can if you want. Please. It's um, Greenland, New Guinea, Borneo, Madagascar, Baffin Island off Canada, Sumatra, Honshu, uh, you know, one of the Japanese... Is that an archipelago? I don't know. Anyway. Um, Victoria Island, again off Canada, and then it's Britain. What I would say here is, is I, I, I think I have to go to Canada this year. I keep saying mm. I'll go. There's some content I want to make for the Late Break show, and um, it just has to happen. It just has to happen. I've, I've owned yeah. Canadian-built cars, but I've never been to Can- Canada. Have you? Yeah, my, my factory right-hand drive Chevy Impala, my first Impala, because I've had two, was was mm. built in Canada. They used to assemble all the right-hand oh. drive ones for South, South Africa and other areas. And the Canadian... Interesting. Yeah, the Canadian-built cars often used to have reinforced chassis for harder climate. So hmm. you often refer to um, the Canadian frames as being the ones to have if you were going to put a new frame under your uh, like low rider. You'd use the oh. the Canadian spec frame because, of course, in America the chassis number is not not relevant. It's the body number that's that's more important. Do you see what I mean? So it's mm. um, you can switch a chassis if it rotted or got bent, but the body's the thing that keeps its individuality. Yeah. Is that interesting enough for you? Are you ready to turn off now? Yeah, I'd say that's interesting. Well, I mean, for fuck's sake, I've just been listing islands. I want to know more about uh, Smoking the, Martin. The, <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to him uh, next week. But uh, yeah, no, Victoria Island, which just pips us in island size, uh, is uh, I've, I've been there and it's very beautiful. But a lot of Canada's very beautiful. Although, you know, it's also very big and there's not a lot. We were going to get the train from the middle of Canada to the to Vancouver, I think, and a Canadian friend of ours went, don't bother, you'll get bored. So we flew oh. instead. 
because it's yeah just big expanses i mean we we stayed on a farm once out on the prairies and it's you know it has that sort of very dramatic big sky beauty to it but perhaps that wears off after a while i don't know i'd love that well, let's, go, let's both go to Canada. We'll just go to Shall Canada. Shall we? Yeah, just drive. We've got a couple. A we've got a couple of Canadian listeners. I know because um, they we've had letters from them in the past, and, and we've had messages on social media. So maybe we should do Smith and Sniff off of Canada. I just realised I haven't been to Victoria Island. I've been to Vancouver Island. That's an entirely different thing because that's, <laughs> that's off the west coast. That's <laughs> getting confused. The capital of Vancouver Island is Victoria, I think. So that's probably why I was getting confused. But um, it's all it's all nice. And it's full of Canadians who, as we know, are the world's nicest people. So, yeah, maybe we should take a Crown Victoria to Victoria just for yes. like, stupid, pointless <laughs> lols. You're watching literal Smith and Sniff. Right. Yeah. Uh, we really should wrap this up. But uh, thank you ever so much for listening. We will do this all again uh, next week. And then we will see some of you that week uh, on the 28th. February, Wednesday the 28th at our live show in Glasgow but until the uh, next episode, I'm tying myself in knots here for fuck's sake, um, thanks for listening see you next week, goodbye Bye guys, thanks very much also known as Cheers mate, thanks mate, bye Mugs, t-shirts, stickers Mugs, t-shirts, stickers Mugs, t-shirts, stickers now we do hats too And they're very stylish This may come as a surprise But Smith and Sniff have merchandise You won't believe your eyes Smith and Sniff have merchandise Sadly we don't do pies But Smith and Sniff have merchandise One day we might sell ties Smith and Sniff have merchandise bun in the oven I'm going to have to go soon (laughs) (laughs) hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.